Kathy, this show's going to be a little serious, so, you know, let's just get it the fuck out of our system now. Let's just do it. Just shake. I'm doing the jazz hand thing. I'm like, you know, like in the meditation where they like shake their hands out and they're like, oh, just just get it out. Like I'm doing Reiki or something like some bullshit Reiki. Just let the energy go out of you, Kathy. You sound like an acting coach. <laughs> That's what it kind of feels like. We're preparing for some difficult topics today. So everybody in perverted podcast line, take a deep breath in. And then feel the energy come from Earth and cleanse out all of your toxic energy. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording tonight from the very depths of Texas and California, I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie, and God damn it, Kathy. Hmm? God damn it, that's all I can say. Today has been like I prepare for the show. And I'm writing all these notes, and and the Fet Life topic we're going to get into in just a minute is kind of heavy, and so I'm getting prepared for that. I got like 18 pages of notes, and I've done my research, and and then Enigma and I recorded earlier today because that segment's going to come later because you know everything's all discombobulated now when we mm-hmm. record, and there was some moments in there that got kind of heavy, you know, and where we were talking about some legitimate shit with consent and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, now I'm ready for the show, but I'm all wound up in all this research and stuff that I've been doing to try to, you know, somehow opinionate something that's of value to the perverted podcast listeners. And so I'm like, well, I just think I'm going to do some light reading. Uh-oh. I think I'm just going to, you know, just, just do some light reading. And so I type into Google and I go definitions for rape. In California law. Why what did I do that? What is wrong with you? Because you know, Kathy, how many of us have actually looked that up? The word is used all the time. Rape, 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 rape. We make jokes about rape. We talk rape. There, there, you know, all the hideous effects of rape. There's so many things about rape. Have I ever actually just looked up what all the different definitions are? Because there's, you know, the federal, you know, definition. And then there's by each state has its own laws. And so I'm like, well, you know, am I a rapist? You know, I want to find out. So I look up and one thing that I found that was really interesting, all the definitions are pretty much as we as we know, which is, you know, non-consent penetration of some sort, either by coercion or force. But did you know in California that you can also uh, be convicted by rape by fraud. What is this? Another one of those weird things where a, a word has a, de- a second or third definition that we know nothing about. Well, apparently, and I'm like, well, let's elaborate on this. And I was on some legal website, and do you know that if I pretend to be like a casting director and I tell somebody, "Hey, I'm going to give you a part in this big production," 
you know, come and fuck me as this tryout or something, but I'm not actually associated with any production, that would be considered rape by fraud. That's so weird. Having nothing to do with a sexual act, correct? No, 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 no. It is sex. You are you are basically manipulating someone into having sex with you under the false pretenses of some sort of benefit or professional kind of thing. Uh, okay. That's very bizarre. So like I'm like so yeah, but that's legitimate. So the casting couch thing and things like that, you know, that can be I don't know why I decided to start the show with this. I don't know either. <laughs> you know, because I've been in all the well, you know, I got all these people at that last club we were at that all the butt hurt guys that didn't know how to talk to girls that hated me because I did talk to women, you know, they're I'm not there anymore. So now they're all calling me a predator and, oh, he was such a bad person and all this shit. So I'm like, well, I just want to find out some definitions to see what I consider ethical and what the law considers ethical. And I feel pretty good that I'm not a rapist, Kathy. Well, um, <laughs> if, if that's what you got out of this deep dive you did into the internet rape uh, definition, then I'm very glad you did because no, you're not a rapist. Well, I mean, you don't know. I could be. Oh my God. So you just never, and well, I mean, let's not get into this because we have other heavy shit to talk about. But um, once again, you don't know, you know, I could be really charming or a sociopath or whatever, but I'm just telling you for me, I, I don't think I'm a rapist. Um, but in some <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> people's opinions, I am. And that's why I'm like, well, you know, we should all go and look up what these things actually mean before we throw terms on people and we cast Who's, people. Who is throwing these terms out about I don't you? fucking butt hurt people. It's always the same shit, you know. And so, you know, I get butt hurt and I'm like, then I'm like, Whoa, uh, uh. someone looked up stuff. <laughs> I'm going to look up. No, I'm not. I mean, I do tell people that my dick is magic and it will cure them if they have sex with me. But I I don't think they actually believe it. Yes, exactly. That is that would be delusional is what it would be called if they believed that. Like if they believe that, I mean, does that count as fraud? I don't know, because in that case, they're mentally incompetent if they believe my cock is actually magic and that would fall under the category. Yeah, exactly. Of, of not, yeah. So when religious people tell their parishioners that somehow having sex with them is going to cleanse them spiritually, does that count as fraud? Well, there's just so much that's protected under the guise of religion these days that who the fuck knows? Who knows? I don't know why I started with this. Kathy, I... I to all of our new perverted podcast listeners, welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to our glorious show where we really just delve into stuff. And I'm sorry, but I'm, you know, this is this is where you landed. I'm sure they've <laughs> I just it's picture... not our fault. They turned on the podcast. And I'm pretty sure some of them just turn it right the fuck back off, Kathy. That's just true. nope. <laughs> not gonna go find me a a nice polka channel, you know, just nice, <laughs> nice polka. Today we talk about um, dot polka. Yeah, I don't I don't I even know where that's going. Oh you had a God. story, Kathy. Let's start with I your did. story. Do you remember when a while back I kept boring you and all the listeners with how we were redoing the garage and creating a man cave out of it and all this storage stuff? And You had gotten quite a ways. Yes. We, we didn't set out to make it a man cave for Jackie's boyfriend. What, what happens generally was supposed to be storage, and we did. We got a really great guy in there. 
um, carpenter, knew what the fuck he was doing, laid out the floor. I mean, just he did a marvelous job. And it looks quite beautiful. But after a few months, um, we realized he's coming back to do other work for us in the house. And I said, dude, while you're here, can you go in the garage? Because some of the cabinet doors are really sticking. They're scraping against the bottom. He said, oh, yeah, that's no problem. That's usually easy to do. We just rehang it or something. It's, it's an easy, you know. I go, I say, let's go look at it. I lead him out there. Oh, unlock the garage door. I walk in, turn on the light. Huh. There's the sex swing hanging from the beam. Just hanging in the middle the of the room. Swing. The just sex swing. Just in the middle swing. of the room? Just hanging How there off the beam. How did he get up beam. there? Well, I just don't even know. How I did that for sex a- swings? <laughs> for a second, I thought I could feign ignorance. <laughs> And then I realized, you know what? Who the fuck cares? It's a freaking sex swing. I can't hide it. I'm not going to pretend to be embarrassed because I'm actually not. And I just fucking ignored it, (laughs) moved right past it. And I said, come over here and look at this cabinet door that's scraping against the floor. And what do you think was hanging on the handle from the cabinet door I wanted to show him? say a dildo i wish it would it was a whip just a whip <laughs> hanging on the handle and i looked down i'm all well in for a penny in for a pound i pick it up throw it aside i'm all this is the door i was talking about can you fix that for me please <laughs> okay come oh. on was there any reaction in his face or did he just try to just don't make a face stoic oh, no just get I- out of here he was a total professional because then I realized no. as he's looking at the door and, and, and you know, figuring out how he's going to fix it, I look over to my left and there's a big kind of those floor vases that are really heavy and big and you're supposed to put in big stalks of flowers or something, which Jackie's boyfriend has taken to using to host all of his uh, toys from long sticks to canes and there's one in particular that's basically a dildo at the end of a stick perfect hey i have a dildo on the stick that's good thing that's, oh that's the God. that's the fuck you from afar thing it's a humiliation to remember i used to do that in the love lab uh, there's something about you guys you love that because he loves just sitting there and using it. And I'm just not having to move just at making all. You lay on the back and it's like I'm two feet away and it's like I'm not even going to make effort to fuck you. You're so worthless. Oh, my God. It's a great. And that was it's, there. And it's a typical So did the guy ask to yet. like do some shit with you or? Are you kidding me? He was so perfect. That's when I gave up the ghost. I'm like, you know, why even fucking bother? I, I, there's a dildo over there. There's a whip over there. I don't even want to look around to see what else there is. So I, he just looked at it. He goes, yeah, I can fix that. I'll work up an estimate for you. And I'm like, okay, let's go back inside. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so good. But, you know, That's I haven't good, gotten. Kathy. I was. <laughs> Just made me happy. Just to what, hear some good old fashioned the, fuck with the, the construction guy story. No. It makes me feel alive, Kathy. I wonder what he said when he got home or if he said anything. Maybe he's trying. But I haven't gotten the estimate yet. Maybe that's. Maybe he's decided I'm not going anywhere near these weirdos again. I got to email him. Or you're going to get some like creepy drunk text at like, you know, 1145 at this this evening and he's going to be like so I-, I can give you a discount if you use the whip on me <laughs> <laughs> oh that'd be great if he'd be your bottom because you could t- look come on kathy look this is me me here talking the book 
if that God. guy said, I'll bring my own strap on, fuck me in the ass, and I'll do all the labor for free, just pay for the parts. Huh? I'll tell you why that wouldn't work. Because a oh, manipulative bottom would go like, maybe I'll fuck up even more. That way she'll hit me harder, do more things to me. No, no. I want you to do a fucking good job. Don't mix the two, Boogie. Well, then what if you... No, 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 no. I'm working with you, Kathy. I'm working with right. you here. What if you say, I'm here. You know where I live. Do the work right, and then I'll reward you. That might work. So that way you get the done... Then you get the work done first, huh? Ah, uh, that might work. I might give that a go, but I don't think that's going to happen this time. I think this is all just in your weird fantasy head of yours. What if he just wanted a blowjob? No. No? No. Not even Why? my house. I'm not giving some dude a blowjob to remodel some, something that isn't even my house. Well, I mean, was he hideous? <laughs> Can we stop talking about this dude, please? Oh, now I've struck a little chord there, haven't I, Kathy? Maybe you had already considered it. Well, I'll tell you. And you're like, you. no, that'd be just completely inappropriate. I would never do something like that. I'll I? tell you what you what chord you've hit. The let's We've gone too far. Let's move on with the show chord. That's it. I started this show talking about just light reading rape law. You know, we've, we, we went past it. We've this. Yeah. There is no... There is no boundary. You and I, hermano y hermana, floating out in the realm of beyond the limit. Is that what we're doing? That's what we're doing. Just it floating. sounds like we're just rambling. Oh. Well, yeah, probably that, too. We do a lot of that. Uh-huh. That life is a funky, kooky, nutty, kinky place With no shortage of cockshot avatars And chicks with cum all over their face Yeah, and they got groups and events and shit like that If you're interested For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about Has specifically granted us permission to do so This time I have a post by The Fuck Doll Which is an awesome name It is she a good name something- is I got to get you that. I got <laughs> stuck is. on the name for just a while. You know, because we got to talk shit about names, but I don't really yeah, feel, do. I don't feel the talking shit about this name. I'm just like, no, wow, that would name. be nice. <laughs> it would just be nice. I think she's a top, right? Yeah, she's a top. That fucks up my whole fantasy of fuck doll. You know, it just a woman kills can it. be anything she wants to be. I didn't say she couldn't. I'm talking about my fantasy. Mine here, reel it in. Me, me, me. Oh, your crazy head. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, when I hear fuck doll, I'm like, oh, yeah. Just, you know, that, you know. And then, but I have that thing where if I find out that the woman is a top, I instantly have to shut that off and go to bro. Uh huh. Because we're, she's a top, you know, she's a top. And so that's not going to happen. So in my she's a mind, fellow bro now. Yeah, she's like a top bro. You know, we're like tops. You know, we talk top shit, and then we talk about beating the shit out of people, and we laugh, and and it's a whole different relationship. Because even in my fantasies, I don't try to convert lesbians or tops. It's a waste of my fucking time. There's there's millions of people out there that um that are bottoms or submissives and are interested in my predator nature. Right. So I don't I don't like the whole challenge. So even when somebody it has a name that that describes, oh God, yeah, fuck that would be great right now. Instantly it's all nope, nope, can't do it. Sorry. She's a bro. Can't do it. <laughs> She's a top bro. 
Stop, bro. Can't do it. Punch her, punch each other in the arm. God damn it. <laughs> poor Borgie. Poor, poor Boogie. All right. That's right. You just it. called me Borgie, by the way. Which is Did a I new which Ooh. is a new a new version of my name. There's literally I been like my name it. has been pronounced like eight hundred times. I think from now on you should call me Borgie. I'll I'll do it. Okay. I like it. It's it's good. Should I go it's on, on Borgie? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Could you please? I don't know why this accent comes with Borgie, but fucking hey, Kathy. <laughs> meow, let's, meow, just, let's just dig into it, Borgie. All right. We're going to dig into a really tough one here. She wrote a post called Waterboarding Gone Wrong, That Time I Almost Killed My Love. She says, at first, I set a hard boundary on strangulation, which is his main kink. The risks are plentiful, from death to permanent disability, tracheal collapse, stroke, cracked hyoid bone, etc. But over time, I gave into it. As a defining feature of his sexuality, I didn't want being with me to equate a lack of sexual fulfillment, which makes sense. Now, I have to say, I'm going to intervene here and give you a little bit of what happened after she goes into an extensive list of their history, what type of play they do, the amount of discussion that they've had, not only about the relationship, but about other personal issues. And in particular, uh, her apprehensions at engaging in breath play, her very real apprehensions. I mean, she has a medical background, so she knows the dangers involved here. But they end up uh, planning a short, what she calls a short waterboarding scene. And she ties his hands. She's very careful. She ties his hands loosely. She makes sure she's, she's able to get him into a rescue position if need be because he's a really big guy. And they end up trying it a couple of times. All right. And every time that she checks in with him, he has a very positive response. Uh, but when they end the scene, this is what she has to say. What followed is burned into my mind. Sitting on the bathroom floor with a towel wrapped around him, he said he felt lightheaded and he beca- began to cough violently. I sat behind him trying to warm his shivering body and hold him as his body heaved. While it seemed a little off, it didn't seem out of line for a waterboarding aftercare. I had no idea how this would begin a cascade of events that would change us forever. Once he settled down, he said he wanted to go to bed and lie down for a while, so he stood up and immediately fell. A six-foot-something body flying towards the tile floor like a tree that had been cut down. Repeatedly, he lost consciousness and regained it with coughing fits that made it difficult for him to breathe. Even in my shock, I continuously kept him in a rescue position, monitoring his breathing as best I could. He'd pass out for a second or two. He'd come back, dreamily ask me to sit on his face, cough, cough, and cough. So again, I'm going to intervene. I have to tell you, this is a very long post, very detailed, very sad Um And it, this one was a particularly difficult to cut up. So I'm going to just paraphrase here. She, it, the, all of this that she mentioned goes on until about the fourth time he passes out and uh, he doesn't appear to be breathing. She turns him onto his back, yells his name, shakes him, grabs the phone, gets ready to do CPR and dial 911 if, re- if necessary. And each time he regains consciousness, he insists that he's fine, doesn't need to go to the ER. Eventually he like snaps out of it and uh, this makes her actually start to doubt herself, wondering if maybe it was such a bad scene after all. You know, maybe she had overreacted. Maybe he really wasn't having trouble breathing. Uh, and at this point in the post, she goes on to discuss what happened in the days and weeks that followed. She says, he's lost consciousness several times since then, most of the time for just a few seconds. 
but I've also found him on the floor with no memory of how he got there or how long he's been there. He is newly hypertensive. His heart rate is often too fast. He has difficulty focusing, has cognitive impairment, and his fingertips feel numb. We've given up alcohol, cigars, salt, aspartame, and fish with a high mercury content. He's had to give up most of the activities he loves. His sex drive has flatlined. His fetish is forever linked to being harmed. Once a complete optimist and hedonist of life, now he spends his nights awake in bed debating how long he is willing to live like this. We've been to the ER twice, seen his primary doctor several times, neurology, cardiology, nephrology, psychology, endocrinology. He's had at least four MRIs, a CT, x-rays, ultrasound of his kidneys and heart, EEGs, ECGs, and every blood and urine test known to man. The working diagnosis is an anoxic brain injury. The doctor theorized that he is likely having seizures. Maybe it was the event alone that caused all of these issues, or maybe it exacerbated something already in process. We'll never know. Not that it matters anyway. I thought I was risk aware. I thought I knew what we were taking on. I've been trained to look for signs of hypoxia and distress, and I failed. I now watch the person that I love suffering every day, and I have to live knowing that I did that to him. It's been almost four months. I have nightmares about it. Every cough, every stumble, I panic. Every unknown number that calls when I'm not with him, I panic. I never considered the depth of living with such guilt. None of this was worth it. And since we can't know someone's health and mental predisposition or the myriad iterations of possible injuries, can we ever really be risk-aware? Fuck. I mean... Oi, I, I got to tell you, when I, I, when I first came a, across this post, I, I cried while I was reading it. I cried while I was editing. And to be honest, I cried while I was just reading this to you now because there is something so utterly tragic about the unintended consequence of good intentions that just breaks my heart. And I feel such a, a great deal of empathy towards these two people who were only looking to have a really good time and did everything the right way, and yet it it turned out horribly. I have similar feelings, and I have personal reflections. I have whatever you would call community reflections. I would have academic reflections in the things that I've learned uh, since reading this, and then, of course, reading all the comments and having all the medical jargon going back and forth and you know me what 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 is the goal of doing a segment like this because obviously letting people know what the risks actually are when it goes bad is is kind of rare i mean you see things on fet life where things went bad but how detailed is this the first thing I, I got to say is whatever I'm capable of in sharing empathy, love, and support, there is nothing here that sounded, as you said, as two people that believe they were risk-aware, as risk-aware as you can be, but you, with anything, there is always a risk, whether it's going to the bathroom or you know doing something like this play. It sucks 
God, it just it you absolutely know, says I, you, want, you want to go back in time and and undo something that can't be undone. But you can't, and that is so many things in life. You know, the first thing I say, I mean, the thing that breaks my heart is a this guy's suffering, daily suffering, and now having to go through things uh, that are linked to this incident. But the top is is aching, which how wonderful that somebody cares enough to not take an ego route and be like, because we've seen that before where people almost harm or kill somebody. And then they're like, I don't see what the big deal is. You know, they're fine. It'll be okay. And we've seen that. We've seen the, the arrogant top. And here is the top that is actually just aching and suffering. Yeah. And, and there's nothing you can do to alleviate that. We, we all know that uh, standing on the outside looking in, what you want to say is, man, don't beat yourself up. You did what you could. But we also all know that if we were in that position, we would more than likely feel the exact same way. And the thing is that when it comes to breath play of any kind, I don't know what the numbers are. I'm certainly not an expert. But let's just say nobody, nobody, um, nobody beats you up and says, well, you got into a car accident and now you're paralyzed. It's your own fucking fault for getting into a car in the first place, right? Yeah, I mean... Nobody's stupid enough to say something like that. But we all have that in the back of our heads. I'm, I'm going to be really honest. In the back of most of our heads, we're like, well, you know, you engaged in breath play. What, what the hell were you thinking? When the reality is, there is so much about life that is fucking risky, a lot riskier than engaging in breath play, but we do it anyway. It doesn't, I'm sorry, go ahead. I keep cutting you off. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm completely agreeing with you on this. And of course I, I'm trying to formulate my 18 pages of notes to once again, get to the goal. Goal number one is that the top is going to have to mourn and go through that process. Right now, she's been hypervigilant about caring for her bottom and her partner, and that's all amazing and wonderful. And there will be a time where she's going to have to deal, just like somebody that has an accident or accidentally is futzing with their cell phone or something and then drives and harms somebody in a car accident or a medical professional who makes a bad call or a diagnosis and it ends up causing more suffering for the patient. There's lots and lots of things where you didn't intend to harm somebody and you cause that and you have to look at that harm. Um, and it goes from minimal to extreme. And so the poster right now is in care for the bottom mode, but at some point you're going to have to just accept that the fuck up is there. You can't, you can't change that past. So yeah. my heart goes out and, and hopefully that top is, is getting some love and support. Cause of course we can beat ourselves up forever and you shouldn't have done this or that, whatever fucking that it's done. There is no going back. All you can do is go forward at this point and take care of the person that's suffering. And then you have to take care of yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there is something I remember li listening to a, a lecture by Jay Wiseman, who now granted, he has a he, his experience is a lot different from most people in the kink community. He is 
he was not only a paramedic, but he is now a lawyer and does a lot of what? What is it that he's an expert witness? He's an expert witness in a lot of breath play deaths um, that have occurred during either supposed kink or kink related um, play. Right, and so his experiences of 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 the, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming there's maybe like 20, 50 deaths a year in this country by people who engage in breath play. I, I, I don't I know don't if that the number numbers, is the numbers, accurate. No, the numbers aren't that high. But okay. there is so an, enough, enough to be goddamn it happens. Yes. And so his experience actually is obviously much different from mine and the average kinkster because he sees the worst of what happens with breath play. And it's not that he's biased, but having seen all of that, he has made a personal decision never ever to engage in breath play. Now, that's that's easier said than done for somebody like let's say the the boyfriend of the poster whose main kink is breath play. Yeah. And you know you know how difficult it is and you know that that it can go bad, but you also know, let's be honest, that the the odds of anything bad happening to you happening to you aren't that great. They're certainly greater than if you hadn't engaged in, in breath play in the first place. But most people who engage in breath play don't have these dire circumstances happen. Sure, they pass out in martial arts, there's choking people out. There's, a, I mean, we're going to get, I'm going to skip to the other side of my notes page because we'll jump into this. There are a <laughs> lot, <laughs> I'm all flip, 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 page, 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 because uh, breath play is risky. You are correct. And the the goal of this segment for me is not to tell people that they're not going to do breath play. I'm not going to do breath play uh, the way uh, people do. I do my version where I will grab someone by the throat and I'll give a squeeze and I'll move them there. I will not pass somebody out. I will not choke somebody out. Um, I just won't do that because I can't get the picture out of my head of this girl's mom across from me while I'm in an orange jumpsuit in a court case, having right. to explain to her that she's into it, you know? No, she was right. into it. It doesn't work. Jay Wiseman used to talk about that. He's all, juries are very unfriendly to the whole she was into it defense. They're very unfriendly with that. So I don't do what I, but I also want to point out to this poster that there are people around the world who climb skyscrapers and take selfies. There are Thousands of people who jump off of cliffs in little Batman wingsuit capes and travel 120 miles an hour inches at time away from certain death and fly down these mountains. People jump out of planes by the thousands every day and a perfectly working plane and open a piece of cloth and float to the ground. There are so many sports that have high, high risk of injury. Just playing tackle football, the injury rate on tackle football is the tens and tens of thousands annually. And deaths occur, and crippling, and concussions, and later uh, ramifications of health issues. There are millions of things that people do around the world for their thrill, their excitement, their rush, their personal challenge. And all of these things are not going to stop. So I want to make really, really sure that when we go, oh, breath play, that's fucking crazy. Why do people do that? Why does someone jump off a fucking cliff in a Batman costume? Oh, I know. It's the same, it's the same thing. So I don't think that just because sometimes genitalia is involved in kinks, 
that we're any crazier than any other people that do something that is high risk for edge rate. People that drive cars fast, people that race cars, people that you know, there are so, people that run with the fucking bulls in Spain. Oh yeah, there are. I, we could go ad nauseum to the things that people do for a rush or a thrill that they die doing. Right. So I, I don't think I this. Think that- I don't think we should judge the breath play. But I think it's really important that we sober ourselves to the fact that just like all of these other things, this is a legitimate consequence of that risk. I I think you're absolutely right. I'm very glad that you brought that up because we're not saying, you know, some of the things that you just said as if to say, eh, you know, you took the risk or stop complaining. People die all the time. No, it's not about that. It's about two people who are in a really horrible, fucked up situation. And sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you need to get some perspective. And that perspective that you just gave is really, really important because we can get mired down in our, in our, own heads and think that we're the worst fucking people on the planet when you have to instead pull back and understand that you we engage as you say in risky shit all the time and then there are those who engage in even riskier shit like you say even organized sports my god the injuries that these people endure over the course of their life and nobody would call uh these athletes crazy in fact, we all sit in the stands cheering for it. We them. all pay billions and billions of dollars to watch it. People get in a ring and punch each other in the face until one of them either submits or goes unconscious. Exactly. This so, is the and people die all the time in the ring or surely develop great injuries, catastrophic injuries. Um right. so I think it's really important that when before we go and talk about the risk aware aspect of breath play, I think it's important to understand this is part of humanity and you're not going to stop people from doing it. The thing that I think is very critical, jumping ahead to point number 70. How many pages points, do you have there? This is big deal for me. This is big deal because <laughs> I'm a top. Right, you know, and so and you engage in some consensual, non consensual, some ex, some sure. edge play. Yeah, which can I mean, creative ex- creative explorer is crazy paranoid about shit like that because he understands the consequences just as you do. He imagines just as you do. Can I sit in a courtroom across from someone's family and say, you know, we took all the precautions that we could, and some people choose to do it anyway. And there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I know that listening to this, some people may think that you and I are taking. I don't know, an unpopular approach because we're saying it's not that bad. But the tr- but I think we're making a good case it, for the fact that you need to gain some fucking perspective and not freak the fuck out because somebody engages in breath play. Well, I think also what's really important is some, like I said, it's sober time now because a lot of us do edge play, you know, for me, like fire play, needle play, a lot of the dark age play and mental head fucking stuff, you know, and you anyone that says after the play goes OK and you said, oh, dude, totally worth the risk. We are lying to ourselves. 
We are absolutely lying to ourselves because we have no credibility because we've never had to pay the check right. on that risk. So it's really easy to say totally worth the risk. But people that have gone through something like this have a whole different perspective about what the worth is on that risk. And we need to pay attention to that. Now then, just like wingsuiting, you know, you can go on YouTube right now and say wingsuit accident because they all have cameras. And there are people that have had tragic, broken, fucking 80 bones accidents and survived. And after that, they get back on that fucking cliff and they jump again. Mm -hmm. They make that choice. And then some of them jump until they either die doing it or they walk away on their own terms. And you can't stop that. That is the human experience. People want to experience these thrills and they understand these people understand that people get attacked by sharks either diving or surfing and then they get back in the fucking water those people i will say have more credibility when they say it's worth the risk and it's it's what i want to do i understand that i may die and now i understand how bad this can go and i'll do my best to um navigate away from those risks but ultimately i want to keep doing this i give those people credibility hey man live your fucking life I'm not going to be personally emotionally attached to you <laughs> because you, you want to consistently do a high risk behavior that hasn't gone well for you in the past. Maybe you're not good at this, but I respect somebody's ability to choose for themselves what they're going to do. Now, in the case where you are the top and you are not the person that the shit's going to go bad for. Right. You have responsibility. For Because it's easy to say, well, I mean, I'm not the one that's going to have to go to the hospital. I'm just going to look bad or go to jail, you know? So there's a risk, but the physical risk isn't the same. So for somebody to be arrogant about those risks, and I've seen that plenty of times, and so have you, where people are kind of cavalier, it's not a big deal. Like when someone's like, oh, fire player, breath player, then you're like, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. It's cool. Anyone that comes off is really arrogant about an edge play that has a lot of risks to it, I would say that's, that's, a, that's a red flag. Oh, yeah, because you're, you're already doing something risky. You certainly don't want to uh, um, make that risk even bigger by having some asshole who doesn't understand the severity about, of what they're about to do, unlike the poster and his boy, her boyfriend, who still, they knew what they were doing. They were very careful about it, disgusted at length, took all the precautions, rolled the dice, and it still turned out horrible yeah. for them. You know, I think it's I think it's so important. Now I'm gonna talk flip the page again and here is now <laughs> what, what page are you on now? <laughs> this isn't the pretty one. Okay. Uh -oh. And I am first I must say to the original poster. And usually we don't give a fuck about the poster, but this is pretty sensitive. Right. You know, usually we're like, we discuss it and say what we well, are. Well, don't, don't say we don't give a fuck about the poster. Well, you know what I mean. You know, we talk yes. about what we talk about. You know, we're going to say what our opinions are or whatever. Right. Fortunately, in this case, there's a lot of love for the poster and, and surely for the bottom that's going through all of this suffering just for trying to have a great experience. Right. And this is, this is an ugly lesson -y part because she says a number of times, I resisted this and I didn't want to do this, but I didn't, whatever her, her emotion was for me, I see disappointment because that's what I get challenged by when a submissive 
tells me excitedly that they want to do this type of play or that type of play that I don't want to do. Right. Like suspension bondage. I don't know how to do that and not fucking hang you or, you know, make your arm fall off. I don't know enough about that to do that. I tried to learn. I'm not good at it. But there's that thing, that thing, and it go. It doesn't matter top or bottom. It doesn't matter. There's that thing where I don't want to look, A, my ego gets challenged, and I don't want to look like a, you know, like a, a lame dom that doesn't know how to do shit, or I don't want you to go away and do it with someone else because of my ego and territorialness, or I don't want to disappoint you. In this right. case, it sounds like that was the one for her, that she didn't want to take away something that was so important to him. And so she was like, and I've done that before with like dark age play and stuff like that. I've gone, well, you know, this is, they're really into this. So let me explore this. And it, and it worked out, but it is also important to not let the enthusiasm of your bottom kind of push you into something that you don't feel confident about. I mean, generally, I would say what you're saying is absolutely spot on. That's not, not something you ever want to be pushed into doing, coerced into doing. You could have a perfectly um, mature adult partner who's not pushing you into it, but you still feel you still feel that pressure because you. Yeah, in this now, I'll just say that in this case, I didn't sense that at all. In fact, her reluctance to do it wasn't based on uh, her hatred of the uh, of the kink at all but was more about being utterly careful. In fact, part of, in part of the post that I didn't read, she she alludes to times where they both joke that she's kind of whipped out a little because she didn't go as hard as he wanted right. or as, as she could have gone. And they joke, they joke and they laugh about it. So in this case, her reluctance made her ultra careful, which right. is actually a good thing. It made her very, she she wanted to do just light, if it's even possible, light waterboarding. She didn't go. Ex- she didn't go that far. But even that, I mean, how? Like she says, you don't know what's in that person's head. You don't know whether yeah. five seconds of lack of oxygen to the brain is going to mess them up. Whereas for someone else, it would take five minutes of lack of oxygen to the brain. You don't know that. Sure. That's what I consider to be the big risk here. It's not. Look, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to tighten my hand around your your neck and then I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to watch your eyes. All that is good. You you're watching for signs. You you've read everything you're going to. The one thing, the one thing that you're never going to fucking know is what is in that person's or head. What's in their chest. How or, their yeah. biology works. Exactly. So that alone makes me go, "Hey, it's definitely not something I would want to do um at all." As you were saying, her reluctance in this case actually, I think, served her well because she was ultra careful about it. I agree. I think what I'm coming from is is don't let your ego dictate things that you don't think you're prepared for or desire. Right. Because cause for me, it's my ego. You know, I don't want to look like a lame dom. I, I, I want to be God. I want to be the person... That my bottom goes, oh, my God, I don't want to play with anyone else. I want to worship you. And it's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. It's unrealistic, especially if you're in a committed relationship with someone. There's that, that, oh, my God. But there have been things that I have stood up and said, I'm not going to do that. I don't know how to do that. Right. And I don't want to do that. And 
we can find other things that hopefully trigger the same kind of chemicals in your brain. But ultimately, if that's what you live for, if that's the thing that you're like, I got to do, just like jump, I got to jump off out of planes. It's, it's the only thing I think of. Then I have to admit, you're going to have to look somewhere else for that. Right. And that hurts and it makes me feel like shitty. But ultimately, you got to be true to what your limits are. Does that make sense? Right. It absolutely does. I think we've covered a lot about this post, this very difficult post to to read and to listen to. And um, I can only say I, I, I hope that the both of them can find their way out of this. I hate to say this is the shining moment, but um, or the the silver lining because it's a shitty cloud. Um, but I do think they're is it proactive or postactive? Like this is because it's afterwards. What do you call it? No, this is pro. Pro doesn't refer to when it happens. Oh, okay, the fact that they have allowed this vulnerability to be shared. On, on their pages to let us talk about it on the show. If other shows are going to talk about this, I hope that these types of conversations come out because sometimes you got to kill the fantasy. Sometimes you got to stop the, the big colorful fantasy and say, Hey, there's some reality here that sometimes we just, Oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. And, and I'm so proud of them both. If that means anything to them. Um, thank you so much for, letting this very vulnerable, not flattering story uh, be told. And, and hopefully it will inspire people. It may not stop people from doing uh, everyone from doing this type of play, but hopefully it will empower the bottoms. It like, say if the top is trying to push some type of play on you that you don't want to do, it's okay to say no. Yeah. And if a top doesn't want to, it's also okay to say no. It's just spend more time because risk aware is such a giant. You will never know all the risks. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know. Let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Okay, Enigma. So I'm looking forward to the spicy here. So I want you to get in the zone, Enigma. Take a deep breath with me. Oh, yeah, because this is going to be good. Every time you tell me you got a potato mayhem, <laughs> I have to, like, say I lit a candle for myself. I got a bottle of sriracha here because I know that you're going to give us some spicy information, some good stuff. I'm living mm -hmm. through you. Hello, <laughs> Enigma. How are you doing? I am doing fantastically, Mr. Boogie. That is wonderful to hear. Okay, enough of the small shit. Get to the yeah. pussy. So uh, a friend of mine came over. We, we, we've both been craving. We're both from Texas. And I don't know if you know this, but Church's Chicken is from Texas. And so we decided that we were going to uh, go get some Church's Chicken, which is spicy. So it, go, it goes along with the theme. I have my sriracha. And, yeah, good, good job. And so we were eating this, eating in my apartment, like just chatting. And then, uh, and then we started lamenting about how it's been a, a long time, like a lot of people during lockdown, that we haven't done any sort of kink scene. And so I was like, do you want to do a little impact tune right now? And she went, yes. Yes, I do. Ah, and so ah, she. It's like a shiny. Right? So, yeah, she uh, uh, stripped down to just like her underwear. And we just did some uh, impact with some spanking and some flogging and some paddling. 
it was it was uh, definitely an abridged scene because both of our you know uh, scenes stamina is a little uh, <clears throat> a little lacking these days. But... <laughs> it wasn't one of them four hour scenes where it's like you close the dungeon and they have to kick you out. You're like no. twenty minutes. You're like, huh? Impact is hard on both of us. I mean, the last time I've done any sort of kink was like May. So you know, yeah. it's it, it's been a little while, but it it was fun. I turned her butt pink and. Um. Yeah, she has she has a, a very cute little pink butt for uh for a couple days. That is absolutely wonderful. So obviously, no JJ touching. No, no. I keep hoping. Every time you say this, I keep did little Enigma <laughs> get some time? No, but you know what? Tough shit. It's good. Yeah, this it's is good. good. I'm appreciating it. I'm happy and for you. That's good. Thank stuff. you. And you know, for it's like yes, it's like it's not everything I want to do, but you know what? With time, maybe that stuff will pop up. <laughs> see, see, little enigma popping up. That's yeah, I, I like that. I definitely like that. And and of course, uh, the big question: she had a good time, right? She did. Uh, yes, we we've talked about um, going, trying to go a little harder next time. So, um, yes, all right, good. You laid back. You didn't go too crazy. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Exactly. Build them. Leave them wanting more. Leave exactly. them wanting to stop the game. That's like when I worked with kids. That was like one of the main things you were taught in child psychology with with creating games and stuff. Leave the game at the peak of the game so that yeah. they'll want to play the game again. Good strategy, Enigma. Thank you. Thank you. I, too, worked with children for a very long time. So, <laughs> And now we don't. <laughs> No, that's the most important thing. That's very that important. Now we don't. Yes. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <sighs> oh, I'm so glad I had a vasectomy. So <laughs> glad I had a vasectomy. Oh, my God. Okay, enough of that frittle frattle. Let's now that yes. we've talked about somebody risking rejection. Yes. Uh, in order to achieve a level of intimacy with someone. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this very troubling news that's not surprising, right? but right. is still some troubling statistics starting to come in to human culture. It's true. So this article comes from CNN.com, specifically their CNN health department. Uh, the article is called Young Americans Are Having Less Sex Than Ever. Uh, researchers at Indiana University and Sweden's Karolinska Institute have found that the sexual inactivity, specifically of men, has increased since 2000. So men specifically are having a lot less sex since 2000. Their research has also found that a big chunk of the sexual, uh, sexually inactive tends to be those who are unemployed or had lower income. And with the women researched, a lot of them were students, usually those in their late 20s, early 30s. Uh, there is a broader cultural trend starting all the way all the way with kids uh, of people taking longer to grow into adulthood and do the things we deem as important, like moving out, living with a partner, having children, etc. Um, as one of the researchers pointed out, it is more difficult to date when not economically independent of one's parents. Uh, I I personally have a lot of experience with this because I graduated college in 2010. And immediately had to move back in with my parents. So any oh. sort of any sort of game that I had start to build in college had to like go on the back burner because like my parents were like they like made little hints that like it's okay if you know we need to like not be home for a few hours, but like I never 
it never felt right to like really bring someone home. Right. Like it was, it was just weird. Plus, um, you know, it's like, Hey, come over to my mom's house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which, it, you know, with Mew, we did that, you know, this last, uh, this last year since, uh, you know, I got kicked out of the other place. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was our option. And fortunately for us, her mom is like liberal enough to know, hey, my daughter's an adult and and she needs to spend time with her partner. And even, I mean, she was even okay with us having uh, Bunny over and other girls. And she knew that we were basically having orgies at her place. And, and which, when I think back on it, it made me very uncomfortable. But I'm like, you know what? If it comes down to feeling a little bit stupid and insecure... Or being able to play with my partners, um, you kind of do it. But most parents uh, aren't that liberal. Right. And so that was just a very lucky, fortunate for us that that Muse mom was was very cool like that. But I can imagine that's kind of a bummer. Plus, I I think, I mean, tackling this, because I really do, the Perverted Podcast listeners know and I know you sit with things, and I sit with things, and Kathy sits with things, and you really try to take a look at at what happened, why this happens. And I think, obviously, with the internet taking over and more people spending so much time on social media and mm-hmm. that detachment from actually having to communicate with actual people makes it scary when you actually do communicate with people. So we have a lot more fear based around that. At least that's what I see from somebody who was pre-internet and now has watched the internet. And also somebody that's um, had the pleasure of dating a number of people that were younger than me who have only had the internet and texting and that's how they communicate. There really are some characteristics of communication that have really, it's like an art form that's been lost because people aren't practicing it. Right. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. And, and the article goes into that too, about how social media, modern technology in general has given people a, a lot more to do. And so like that, like, going to sex isn't necessarily as necessary almost as it would like 50 years ago. Um, when, when it was your only form of entertainment. Re- yeah, it is. And and you'll, you actually see that in smaller communities, like the, the community that I went to school, I went to college in like the, the pregnancy rate is off the roof because there's nothing there out. There's not much to do in that, right. in the city. So like if you, if you're in a, town or as like as technology like makes our world smaller and smaller there's not as much need to go out and experience culture you can just turn your phone on and do it so i i I think that's i think that's what's affecting this culture a lot i think an observation that i have once again these are just observations and talk show it's what we're talking about it doesn't doesn't mean i'm I'm uh, trying to be God. Okay, it's not true. I'm totally lying. I am trying to be God. <laughs> Hear me now. This is my opinion. Thus saith the bug. Um, I think also along with our social media problems mm-hmm. of 
having intimacy with each other and connecting and communicating is we also have a culture. I think it's easy to show throughout history that humans are a path of least resistance creature. That everything that we've done, every invention that we have created, every improvement to that invention we have created falls in line with the path of least resistance. What makes it better, faster, cheaper, easier to access, more convenience, less hurtful, less pain, better health. All of these things are is what our basic society strives for is to always improve and make it easier than it was before. So part of that, what we're in right now with like cancel culture and not offending anybody and stopping people from saying things that are offensive or doing things, which in principle I think is very healthy. But I think one of the side effects of that is by trying to protect ourselves from things that offend us, that also makes us more fearful of a type of offense called rejection because it does hurt when you're rejected. And so there needs to be a certain amount of strength that you have to see past that rejection to then say, if I get rejected 20 times for being honest about my feelings for somebody, I know that 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 next time where somebody actually accepts me for who I am and I can achieve that level of intimacy, it is, it's valuable. It's worth it. It's worth all the pain and suffering I've had all my life to have a real moment with another human being. And I am, am willing to risk the pain and suffering and embarrassment of being rejected to get to that. And I think as we make our edges softer and softer, we want to avoid pain more and more and more. And so that makes it kind of another thing that's like, well, I'll, I'll just masturbate and watch anime. I don't want to actually get hurt in my quest for sex when I don't even really have that much experience with it. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I was also thinking with this trend, like we talked about um, on another article of like how there are other cultures that are like turning to technology for like their relationships in general. Like you, mm -hmm. you're seeing that a lot in the uh, Japanese culture. Sure. So I, I think this is that tr this is showing like kind of the Western version of that trend where people are turning to technology for their general entertainment, not, not just sex and using that as their way, their, their outlet when uh, before they, it was, you know, you could go, you could go see a picture and then go have sex. That was kind of the, right. <laughs> that was kind of the entertainment. So I think um, it's interesting. I, I, it's kind of what we were talking about last, uh, a couple of weeks ago where everything has dips and, and, um, and rises. And I think right now we're, we're seeing kind of this dip in sexuality because people are finding it uh, less and less uh, necessary, especially when, at least my generation got into the workforce when we have to work so much longer hours just to make ends meet when the culture before us or the generation before us didn't have to do that. And well, so um, mm. 
I don't necessarily agree with that because, you know, if you want to look at the amount of work people had to do and got paid jack shit before there was something called a minimum wage, maybe this last, last generation had a little bit easier time. But um, there's been a lot of times in American history where people have worked a lot harder for a lot less yeah. than than we have right now. There was this thing called the Depression. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, there's there's definitely... I don't know. I I get kind of defensive when the whippersnappers are like, we work harder (laughs) than everybody else. No, no, the world is, is, you know, we're all still working. I understand. Yeah, yeah, you want your college tuition paid for and and because you got suckered into a loan. I understand. Did I just say that out loud? God damn it. I'm going to start so much shit. As someone (laughs) with a student loan. um... (laughs) You're all, fuck you, bug. I should just, just, Just a little bit. It should be for free. You shouldn't have signed the goddamn loan in the first place because I didn't. God damn it. And look where I am. The same place as you. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was dickish, wasn't it? A little bit. Little yeah, bit. it was. All right. Well, fuck it. But uh, All right. what were we talking about? <laughs> sex. <laughs> Me alienating everyone. I think sex is worth it. I think the rejection rate is worth it. And I think if you work a 12 hour day, that at the end of that day, you should go have a three-hour date and and get laid, if you can. I, I'm I'm not opposed to that either. Yeah. And stop jerking off in the goddamn chair enigma. See, you're exa- you're perfect proof of that. Look at the spanky <laughs> time you got. Got some spanky time. It was very nice. All right, let's move on before I <laughs> fucking piss piss you off and have you tell me to fuck off. I love you, Enigma. I love you too. All right, so the next article, this comes from medicalexpress.com, and the article is called Issues with Consent May Not Be the Same Across All Sexual Preferences. Uh, This study covered men from all over the world and showed a lot of communication barriers, coercion, and general societal norms can can create a struggle in navigating consent. Um, 78% of the men interviewed reported having issues around consent negotiation. Um, the script gay and men have to follow has a reliance on nonverbal communication and are less clear than, uh, with other communities. And they also have to deal with the stereotypes that surround gay men that tend to focus on them being hypersexual. And since a lot of gay, a lot of the gay scene centers around clubs and bathhouse sort of, um, areas it makes consent even more complicated when the assumption is if you're there you are down to fuck Um, there there were no major differences experienced across uh, the nationalities question which i found really interesting Um, this is something that happens with pretty much every uh, bi and gay male culture across the globe so men are rapey dicks pretty much in every culture pretty much yeah okay yeah um and it's important to note that this was the first qualitative study to examine the sexual consent challenges experienced with the gay and bi male communities. Um, and that's kind of what we were talking, we, we've kind of brought this up in other, in other articles where study, the, the study of sexuality as a culture and not just as a, tr- as a trend or as a phase is actually is, is very new because mm. it's kind of a recent turn of events of people accepting different genders or, and different sexualities as part of a person and not just like, Oh, they're, this is their goth phase. Um, right. 
And I think in some ways we can relate this to the swinger community just a little bit, which also has a looser and a different definition of consent. And if you get into it not knowing what what you're getting into, you might have a pretty traumatic experience. Well, I think there's there's some things as somebody who's been very closely associated more so with the gay community than with the swinger community. But I think it's also fair to point out that these are not absolutes. I I have known uh, hosts of swinger parties that are very, very serious about consent and about negotiation. It is not all of the parties. And of course, there is a high propensity towards misconception about the lines of consent or a blurring of the lines of consent in in any activity where you go into a sexual scenario and that of course as we've talked about on the show ad nauseum so my so i don't think it's it's an absolute i believe there are communities and this is where i can get in with the communities that i have the most experience which is the 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 gay men's community because for years I was the rental chair coordinator at threshold, which my job was to organize book manage and uh, maintain good relationships with the hosts of probably between four to six events a month. So, I mean, this was something I was doing constantly. And of course you build professional relationships with all of the hosts. And, and so uh, you know, there was a lot of conversations and a lot of uh, wonderful information being passed besides just being buddies and what's going on in life. It was a, a great experience to hear how each of the individual groups handles this issue of consent and negotiation. And I've heard it done very well, where the hosts and uh, leaders of that event are very serious about consent and they make sure that their guests know that there is no grabbing anyone. You ask permission first. And then if somebody says, okay, by all means, enjoy yourselves. And then I've had groups that I've uh, asked to leave threshold because they had a very cavalier. Oh, you don't know how men do it. This is just what men are. You know, the, the rules kind of don't apply because it's men. And basically, it was just a very kind of rape culture mentality. And funny enough, some of these groups uh, had consent issues at their parties, which they then tried to kind of blow under the rug with this general, oh, men do things different. So we'll just it's not a big deal, even though there was a victim and they were traumatized because their safe word wasn't recognized and people tried to just kind of be like, Oh, men just do things differently, which in a sense you want to say, okay, there are definitely different personalities and different cultural things, but does it mean that it's right? Yeah. Does it mean that if men are more rapey to other men, that that's right? Or does it, that just sounds like making excuses for, being a rapey douchebag. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that. Yeah. Like men aren't valuable enough to give them consent or to ask them first that that's not mm-hmm. something we should be striving for or we just need to keep like you said, we just need to, you know, keep it as it is and and then I can grab and and do whatever because there's differences 
the things that I've noticed, and once again, I, I don't attend. I mean, I've walked through plenty of the parties, you know, kind of with my eye. You know, they're like, hey, can you come in and fix the stereo? And I'm like, oh, dear God. Uh, okay. <laughs> I love you guys, but, you know, uh, and they all get a kick out of that. You know, they're right. like, ah, the hat's coming through. <laughs> Give them a good show. You're like, ah, God damn it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was interesting to see these differences mm-hmm. of men do do things differently in the way of their manipulation right because a lot of times some of the groups that i thought were less consent oriented we'll call it mm-hmm. were kind of like well we don't have to worry about that because that that cuddly consenty soft stuff that's what you do with the women that's what you have to do with the women but we're men and we don't care you got a dick i got a dick everything's good you know, and it's kind of that attitude. And that, of course, is where you're going to get a lot of consent violations. And there's also um, something, and now we're just kind of going off a little bit into a tangent, but these are things that I've observed. And this is primarily in regards to het guys that are maybe bi-curious, maybe they're married and want to try something and they're cheating on their wife or something, uh, or gay guys that are in the closet. Men have the ability to play on other men's egos in order to manipulate a non-consensual activity. Yeah. Because, like, say they come in and you start playing with a guy, and then all of a sudden he wants to fuck you, and you don't want to be fucked. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to do this. And then an assault occurs, and it's like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to the police? Why were you hanging out getting your dick sucked by a guy? Yeah. Um, and that's why a lot of, uh, guys don't come forward for rape in general, because it's like, you, it's like, if a guy has sex, they've had sex and that's great. Why would you not want it? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of dynamics here and ultimately we just have to go back to the bottom line. Every person deserves to have their limits respected and every person has a responsibility for themselves and everybody who interacts with another person has a responsibility to know that the other person is consenting to what you're doing, unless you're a fucking rapist. Right. So I don't know. It's interesting to see the types of things we have to change. I mean, ultimately anyone coming forward, especially we know um, historically nobody does well when they come forward and, and accuse somebody of an assault. Right. So women have not done well. Uh, the The numbers of conviction rates are abysmal um, against rapists and lives are ruined when you come forward. So obviously, I think that goes across the scale for um, all genders or non-genders. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to see where this is going to go as we develop more tolerance for people being able to be who they are sexually. Yeah. And, and tolerance of people speaking out for things that they don't want. Yeah. I mean, Um, ultimately, you know, like I've told people, it doesn't matter what you're, who you are, what gender, whatever. If you're going to go into a sexual scenario, you have a responsibility for yourself to do some research Right. You can call the host and you say, is this a place where people are going to be grabbing mm-hmm. 
and people are going to be just expecting me to do things with everybody or is this a place what it, what is your protocol for consent at your at your party at your club at this event right. and in the same way we need to also be better on both sides top and bottom on negotiating and insisting on negotiation before you actually get into a situation with somebody. Right. Everyone has that responsibility because yeah. I don't know, opportunity. I was just thinking about like how the last time we did the show and we were talking about the, the dick pics and how like one in one in 10, they're going to get, uh, they get a positive reaction. Well, right. The reason these guys feel like they can get away with it is because when they've had enough positive reactions from their, their manipulation that they know that they can get away with it. And therefore that, that gives them even more confidence that they can be even more rapey. They can even be more forceful next time. And so that's something along with the whole dick pic trend. That's something that I think that those kind of go hand in hand of consent and like figuring out like, how do we navigate consent and still be able to let, the, the guys fuck in the way they want to fuck and not necessarily push someone's consent beyond their, uh, their limits. Yeah. I think with a little bit of effort, you can still have just as much fun and not rate people. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, threshold was, was never perfect. No one ever claimed it was, um, but it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It, it did. It did a better job than any other club that, that I, that I went to on a regular basis. And so I think if you do put in some effort, you can minimize, you can greatly minimize uh, the confusion around consent and let people who aren't interested in people's consent know that you're not welcome here. And that there's, there's, you got to get a yes. You got to have a clear yes. And then go ahead and fuck like crazy. Okay, Kathy, it's not, I know you've been itching for it. I have. You have so many mailboxes. Well, you know why? Because you go out and you do listener segues. You record all this other stuff. You do the Enigmas thing. And now um, Malaki's, you know, they're taking on the Discord. And before you know it, you've got all this content like we've never had before. Like, this is bad. I I get it, but I've (laughs) I've I've got mailbox stuff from like, months ago we haven't read that i keep pushing it down and i'm like i want to read the listeners email so here we go okay wait 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 what, something what? very important to say because it, it can you can confuse our listeners and we don't want to do that because at the end of the show we bitch at people you don't send us emails you're not sending us emails these are like funny limericky perverted mailboxes where they talk about us what kathy is talking about is your questions your topic ideas, your some fucking advice submissions. So I think that's important to note that we still need, we always need your ideas and your questions about kink and BDSM and your ideas for other things to talk about. That's the thing we're always struggling to get. Absolutely. Thank you for clarifying that. Don't want, Thank don't you. want people to think we're assholes, even though we are. But We okay. are assholes. Proceed. It's true. All right. Bass wrote to us, or Bass, I don't know how it's pronounced. And he says, you both often refer to the lack of feedback you get from the listeners (laughs) (laughs) and that you both doubt the impact you're having. I sincerely hope that it's part of your shtick and that deep down you don't actually believe that. 
But hearing this made me want to make sure someone tells you that you matter a whole fucking lot. I think Aww. I've listened to a... Isn't that sweet? I just oh want to cry. Oh, my God. That is cool. uh, he says... We, I think we really I, need validation. We really, I really don't do. we, though? We're such needy assholes. Okay. <laughs> he goes on to say, I think I've listened to about 100 episodes of your show, and it's one of the highlights of my week to see it arrive. The chemistry between you two is fantastic, and I'm always super impressed at how you combine the mischief between the two of you with enlightening advice and commentary. It's helped me better understand my fascination with kink and the people who are into kink. Can this guy write our brochure? I think that I'm going to copy and paste this into an area I'm going to keep. We just need to make a brochure and just put that. It's good. I like it. (laughs) He finishes it off by saying, I really hope that you already know all I just told you, because if not then we need to shower you with a lot more love. But even if you did already know this deep down, it sometimes helps to have someone tell you just to be sure. I'll try to be a more interactive listener for both of you because I would really like you to keep on going and to see where this bonkers adventure takes all of us. All the love and best wishes from the Netherlands. All the way from the Netherlands, Boogie! Now then, the real question is, is... uh is he okay with flying out here and fucking Kathy? I mean, that's... Oh, Jesus. Come on! Christ. I mean, what he's are like you validating... My, are you my pimp now? I have always been your pimp, Kathy. And let me tell you, you are the worst hoe. <laughs> I am Daddy says hoe. go out and make some money and fucking get some dick. And you're like, I'm not going to get dick and I don't need the... Blah, blah, blah. You are the worst. <laughs> I swear to God. Like, you know how pimps can afford that cool-ass fuzzy jacket? I mean, like, literally, you know, I don't even have, like, a windbreaker. I don't have any. Uh, I have no no <laughs> pimp jacket because you suck at going oh out my. and getting the dick. Hey, man, it's not just me. You are um, an ineffectual pimp is all I'm going to say. I, uh, uh, <laughs> a windbreaker. I don't even have a coat. <laughs> I'll buy you a, a baseball cap at the 99 cents store. That's not a pimp cap. What the <laughs> hell is that? <laughs> I'm going to wear it backwards. It's not even going to look cool. All right. You know I what? the fuzzy jacket, like the Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. Oh, I loved Huggy Bear. <laughs> that was <laughs> a great Great show. coat. <laughs> it can be faux fur so the vegans don't shit their pants at me or something you're, like that. You're not getting a pimp coat. Just let it go, man. I, I mean, surely not during summer. Okay, but yeah, right. just, I always wanted a no. pimp coat. The white one, right. the fuzzy, big, the big, oh, yeah. But I also like the multi-patch one. I want five oh pimp coats, God. God damn it, Kathy. Why can't this guy just come and fuck you? Well, leave him alone. He just wrote us a nice email for crying out wonderful. loud. Always got to go for that next level, Kathy. You That's know the perverted what? podcast way. Wicked All right, read us. the next one. Okay, All right. what did Wicked say? You recorded something with her, didn't you? Oh, yes. Yes, you did. Well, apparently, Mm. you made her sound really good. She said, oh, my Lord, Boogie, I have no idea how you did it, but that wasn't nearly as embarrassing as I was afraid it would be. Frankly, I sound kind of hot thanks to you and your magic fingers, of course. Boogie, what did you do to this Uh, woman? Kathy, let me talk about people's insecurities of themselves i love taking credit for shit that (laughs) i actually did you know and uh i did very little editing in her read um you know maybe shortened some pauses or something like that you know that i do normally um when there's a space or you have to ask a question or whatever um 
but her read was pretty much that. And she just sounds wow. sexy. But of course, when you hear your own voice, it's vibrating your own head. So that's all we hear. A lot of people aren't used to hearing their recorded voice and they freak the fuck out because they're like, oh, my voice sounds so shitty and I blah, 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 blah. And then you just, I try to just tell people, just relax. You're okay. And you sound great. Just let's right. get into that story. And she got into the story and it sounded good. But if it she wants was, to, but oh. if I'm not like you, Kathy, if Wicked wants to come out here and pimp my dick, she gets it. Not like you. Wicked's oh hot. I want Wicked. Well, then maybe we should reverse roles. I'll be the pimp. And you she's in Denmark. Hoe. What? I don't need no <laughs> pimp. I don't need a pimp. I'm Clearly cool. you do because you, you haven't predator. had sex forever and you're stuck in some little town. Okay. That is, I am a creature of circumstance right now and I cannot help that. Okay. I don't need a pimp coat. I will take Wicked. Okay. All right. She you can good. have Wicked. She can finishes I just, the Can I just, what? hang on a sec. I just want to clear the air and I don't know if this is going to work on anyone, but I just want to say Wicked, you're a very good girl. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Do you imagine that's actually going to get you somewhere? Shut up, Kathy. I can dream. (laughs) Read the next fucking thing. Uh, Hey, I haven't finished hers. She just finishes by saying, I love you guys so much. Keep it up, Kathy and Boogie. You freaking rock. And also, I want hurt boobs much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I almost slipped when you read that darn hilarious lots of love to you both. Oh, I just I I want to give much pain to boobs. (laughs) Me too. Random anonymous listeners. That's why I I want that to be a t shirt. I want I want hurt boobs much. Oh I want to give much pain to boobs. I I, that is that is bam. That is hilarious. Do we got a pam for that? No. So, yeah. <laughs> no, because he's, he's probably pissed off that we laughed at him so much. I don't think he really was a listener. I think That's he just true. saw, he just randomly found the website and he's like, oh, this is my <laughs> chance. This is my big chance. I want to give much pain to boobs. There, I said it. <laughs> I'm a dirty boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I have one more from Terry. Terry wrote to us a while back. I think Terry. she was under. She was under 18 or something, and we were like, what? ah, somebody under 18 is writing us. And then she was like, no, by the time you read this, I'll be 18 or something like that. What? And we were freaking what? out for absolutely no. Calm down, man. It was, it was fine. Anyway, she wrote to us again. She says, hey, guys, to celebrate my first big girl job in biology, full time and permanent, I wanted to finally support the show. I love the podcast, fuck-ups and all. You two make a huge difference in so many of our lives. It's only fair that we give back when we can. I'm only 14 episodes away from being a Zam, and getting that extra content is absolutely required if I'm going to survive the long Canadian winter. Thanks again for everything you do, and I'm super excited to binge all the half a pee shows. Boogie, you and I suck. No, I let her know that well, she we knows we haven't. Suck well, we so haven't made. Bad. We made about seven or eight half a PP shows, so there's something there. But I, I'm in Texas. We don't suck. I'm in Texas. You're in fucking LA, and there's a fucking pandemic. We can't. We get in could the car. record more content. We're just both lazy asses. I'll admit. No, no, no. We is plural. You are working full time, and I am sitting here waiting for any uh, time that you can get available. It is a reality. I, 
Okay, that's it's true. Okay. But here, here Terry is going to support the show, and 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 she's only got what seven half a PP episodes. But she also has seven amazing half a PP episodes. That's true. They were amazing. I do she miss the car. I do miss that show. But do they have to be in the car? Can't we just? Well, no. We can something? just do. Yeah, we can do some shit. You want to get some topics together? We'll do some shit for the listeners. What? Yeah, for the patron listeners, supporters. All right. What? What do you call them? I don't. Those people, people that give us money. <laughs> those, those people, the Patreoners, the the, the patrons, the the something, the, the people who give us money. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yes, we'll do extra content, but we can't call it extra content, otherwise they'll tax them. Well, we'll just call it. I don't know what we'll call it. Love. We will call it love. our gift. Our gift of spewing ejaculate love. Yeah, don't say it like that. Not tonight, I have a headache. Why you never know what to touch on my balls? And that's show 281. Write to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns. We'll talk about it even though we don't know what the hell we're talking about. And if this show adds value to your life, please visit patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. Consider donating five big old shamolis a month. And as always, don't forget to visit us on FetLife under the group name Perverted Podcast. Kathy, I'm, I'm so excited when we get to dig into some stuff. I wish you were with Enigma and I when we were talking about the, the male consent and stuff like that. Because just some of some of these... I mean, once we get back to a love lab, then it'll be great to have us together again. But I really enjoy the fact that this show challenges me every week. And, and it's exciting to get into topics that are uncomfortable because they make us better. And yeah, we... You know, usually have maybe some more jokes or, or talk some more shit or do some stuff. But I really also enjoy the shows where we got to get into some of the ugly stuff because I think it makes us better. And I'm so grateful to our listeners for being on this journey with us and bringing us information that we can all kind of talk and opinionate about and hopefully come up with good solutions and better ways to be better people. So I'm very excited to be here. Now I'm going to play you one of my crappy songs and we will see you guys next week. I'm a little bitty button on a shirt with a microphone installed I'm inclined to know your secrets like a fly on the wall I send information on a channel no one knows what to do is for the greater cause don't hate me cause I'm just a tool of espionage I find it sexy on occasion when I get a lipstick stain from a female foreign dignitary that just can't refrain I can't blow my cover Oh, the perils I must face What to do is for the greater cause Don't hate me, cause I'm only a tool of espionage 
debonair mannerisms, stylish fashions, money to gamble with reckless abandon, nerves of steel and a gallon of luck, secret messages that in ten seconds will self-destruct. Of guns being loaded, something's wrong. My agent's falling through a window, and his heartbeat's not strong. They come for the body. I disappear without a trace. Get recycled to another job. Don't hate me, cause I'm only a tool of espionage. I am only a tool of espionage I am only a tool of espionage 